The unregenerate man is subject to these three things, desire, passion, sorrow. He lives habitually in these conditions, and neither questions nor examines them. He regards them as his life itself, and cannot conceive of any life apart from them. Today he desires, tomorrow he indulges his passions, and the third day he grieves. By these three things, which are always found together, he is impelled, and does not know why he is so impelled. The inner forces of desire and passion arise almost automatically within him, and he gratifies their demands, sans question. Led on blindly by his blind desires, he falls, periodically, into the ditches of remorse and sorrow. His condition is not merely unintelligible to him, it is unperceived, for so immersed is he in the desire or self-consciousness that he cannot step outside of it, as it were, to examine it. To such a man, the idea of rising above desire and suffering into a new life where such things do not obtain seems ridiculous. He associates all life with the pleasurable gratification of desire, and so, by the law of reaction, he also lives in the misery of afflictions, fluctuating ceaselessly between pleasure and pain. When reflection dawns in the mind, there arises a sense, dim and uncertain at first, of a calmer, wiser, and loftier life. And as the stages of introspection and self-analysis are reached, this sense increases in clearness and intensity, so that by the time the first three stages are fully completed, a conviction of the reality of such a life, and of the possibility of attaining it, is firmly fixed in the mind. Such conviction, which consists of a steadfast belief in the supremacy of purity and goodness over desire and passion, is called faith. Such faith is the stay, support, and comfort of the man who, while yet in the darkness, is searching earnestly for the light which breaks upon him for the first time in all its dazzling splendour and ineffable majesty when he enters the shining gateway of meditation. Without such faith, he could not stand for a single day against the trials, failures, and difficulties which beset him continually, much less could he courageously fight and overcome them, and his final conquest and salvation would be impossible. Upon entering the stage of meditation, faith gradually ripens into knowledge, and the new regenerate life begins to be realized in its quiet wisdom, calm beauty, and ordered strength and day by day its joy and splendour increase. The final conquest over sin is now assured. Lust, hatred, anger, covetousness, pride and vanity, desire for pleasure, wealth and fame, worldly honour and power, all these have become dead things, shortly to pass away for ever. There is no more life nor happiness in them. They have no part in the life of the regenerate one, who knows that he can never again go back to them, for now the old man of self and sin is dead, and the new man of love and purity is born within him. He has become, or becomes, as the process of meditation ripens and bears fruit, a new being, one in whom purity, love, wisdom and peacefulness are the ruling qualities, and wherein strifes, envies, suspicions, hatreds and jealousies cannot find lodgment. 
Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Men and things are seen in a different light, and a new universe is unveiled. There is no confusion, as out of the inner chaos of conflicting desires, passions, and sufferings, the new being arises. There arises in the outer world of apparently irreconcilable conditions a new cosmos, ordered, sequential, harmonious, ineffably glorious, faultless in equity. Meditation is a process both of purification and adjustment. Aspiration is the purifying element, and the harmonizing power resides in the intellectual train of thought involved.